Here we are locked on NFL alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We are taking you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network today. Recapping that Thursday night football game, a good one in the NFC West. The Seahawks narrowly defeat the Los Angeles Rams. And then we'll make our picks and and preview some of the games here on the Sunday and Monday slate for Week 5. Don't forget to subscribe to this show everywhere you find podcasts. You can find us and all the programs on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Find Matt at Williamson NFL. All right, Matt, these Thursday night games get a little bit better now. Yeah, sure are. This was a heck of a game, and one with playoff implications. They're going to meet again. Maybe they'll meet again after that. I didn't know what to think going into these games because I kind of thought the Rams might be a little overrated on name value, and I wasn't sure if both these teams are contenders or not. I'm still not 100% sure of that, but it was very entertaining. Huge win for Seattle, kind of a heartbreaker for the Rams. Yeah, the narrow miss of that field goal. And that was yeah. just, you can't miss a field goal by less than that without hitting the crossbar. So uh, without hitting right. the upright, that that was um, a narrow Game miss, which would have been changed the whole narrative and it had been a Los Angeles Rams win on the road in Seattle, which would have been a big win. But instead, it's a big win for the Seattle Seahawks. A few things that I took away from this is one is that the efficiency from Russell Wilson. We already know Russell Wilson's great. Huh. He doesn't get enough credit for how good he is. And that marriage of, Coach and quarterback, I talk about all the time. That's why the Seahawks will never never go away as long as they've got Russell Wilson there and they're well coached under under Pete Carroll and four touchdown passes on 17 completions, you know, 23 attempts. That's like ultimate efficiency there. Yeah, and I thought he had his best season as a pro last year. I, I threw out on Twitter just real nonchalantly, Russell Wilson is a top two quarterback in the league right now. I mean, I think Mahomes is the only one I'd rather not to play against than him, and that includes Brady and Rodgers and all the big names. Wow. Um, playing unbelievably well. I mean, putting the ball wherever he wants it, still dangerous with his legs, but that's down the list of how he hurts you. Um, Goff didn't play horrible either. You know, I, we've been rough on Goff on this podcast, but he made some throws, but it, nowhere near the efficiency, the word you use. Exactly, yeah. And last week he threw it 68 times against the Buccaneers trying to come back in that one from his own mistakes. And this one, he chucked it 49 times, one touchdown, one interception, you know, not a great rating or anything like that, but he wasn't under pressure as much. We talked about how bad the Rams offensive line had been and coming into week five, they were the second worst pass block graded line by pro football focus and the worst run block graded line. And I think we saw that running game continue to struggle. I don't know if it's a lot of people want to put it on Todd Gurley and his knee. I don't know that it's all on Todd Gurley and they got it going a little bit early. Then they got away from it. He did have the two touchdown runs. It looked really good on one of those, but I just really don't know what to think about the Rams offense. If they can come out of this, if the offensive line's not going to help out Todd Gurley and Jared Goff. Yeah, I, I do think the line's a problem. Um, the Gurley conversation is a good one though, because I think it's kind of a shortcut to thinking just saying he's got a bad knee. That's why they can't run the ball. Cause when he gets the ball, he looks like the same pro bowl type dude to me. I mm-hmm. mean, he doesn't look any different. I do think they worry about the stamina of that knee. I mean, maybe his workload won't be the same. Maybe he'll be saved and used judiciously throughout the season. And I'm not saying the knee doesn't exist. But his ability to break tackles, run away from people, find holes, isn't compromised, nor is his athletic ability. And I think if we're talking about this offense, too, we have to bring up Cooper Cup. Holy cow, is he having a season. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just running the <laughs> offense through him right now. And, yeah, another nine catches, 117 yards. He did have that one touchdown reception, the only touchdown of the game thrown by Jared Goff, and he's putting together quite a season right now. And, you know, the emergence of the tight end, Gerald Everett, which yeah. people expected for a long time, especially when they drafted him in the second round, right, a couple years ago, and he's kind of just been buried there. And all of a sudden, the last few weeks, he's getting some action, 136 yards leading the Rams in this one. Here's my take on that is if you remember McVay came over from Washington and one of the first things they did when he got there was use a pretty high pick on Gerald Everett, who coming from a small school and tight ends take a while to develop anyway. Um, I think they looked at him like he's their Jordan Reed. And this year they took Daryl Henderson. I think he's their Chris Thompson, you know, and they didn't need those peripheral players and they haven't used Henderson, but they're starting to use Everett. They haven't needed them because the offense has been so good, but I think down the stretch, people started to figure this thing out, namely Belichick and Patricia, and McVay is realizing we have to do more than just come out in 11 personnel and throw to the receivers all the time, and Everett's benefiting, and he's a very talented guy. I mean, he's in that Jordan Reed move tight end mold. Do you have any feeling now coming out of this in, in Thursday night, week five, the Seattle Seahawks 4-1, and one, the Los Angeles Rams 3-2. and two. You saw the Steelers 49ers, so you watched that 49ers team closely. We only have three games to see from them. They'll be playing Monday Night Football against the Browns this week. Do you have any better vibe how you feel about those teams and how they stack up in the NFC West and how they stack up versus a very deep and competitive NFC for that playoff picture? I don't feel strongly about it, but if I were to power rank the West, I would go Niners, Hawks, Rams. You know, but it'd be pretty fine line between them all. And I think if you had a round robin tournament, you'd see a lot of games like last night where it's down to the wire. Um, as opposed to the rest of the NFC, I think I put Dallas ahead of the three of them. I think the Eagles are capable, but not now. I think the Saints are capable and will be ahead of them. And that might be it. I mean, Chicago, Green Bay are probably all in the same tier. And to be honest, all those teams I named really are probably on the same tier. I mean, is Dallas light years better than these teams we saw last night? Probably not. Yeah, those are going to be some competitive games. And actually, in the the 49ers, at least, on their schedule, they've got some of those teams. So we'll see how good they are against the Packers and the Saints later in the season. And the, the schedule does not get easier from here for some of these NFC West teams. They do have a rough schedule and playing a lot of good quarterbacks around the league. I remember when we did that mm -hmm. with um, Mike Sando a few Thursdays ago, talking about just quarterback strength of schedule, uh, the Cardinals, 49ers, Rams, Seahawks, all those teams were near the top of the difficulty for uh, the schedule they had to go against with some great quarterbacks around the league. So it's going to be a fun division. It's going to be a fun conference to follow super competitive and I'm sure there's going to be many many lead changes and uh, a lot of teams beating each other up in this one so especially in the NFC West it's, it's going to be fun finally get some NFC West on NFC West action here the 49ers have yet to play anybody from the NFC West week six it will be the 49ers and Rams that will probably tell us a lot about that but let's move on to the rest of the league and make our picks for these week five games this episode brought to you in part by Blinkist. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. Go to Blinkist.com slash locked on. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. Folks, it is a new season. The only thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting my money down on all the games. 
My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So, folks, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and absolutely my bookie fits that mold. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business for you and your fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. I love that feature, by the way. Up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. You double your first deposit. Use our promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use our promo code Locked On when creating your your claim when you're creating your account to claim the bonus. Again, that's Locked On. Two words. Locked On. Bet. Win. Get paid. Okay, we might as well stay here in the NFC West. We've got the Cardinals at Bengals. Similar to the Monday night game last week with the Bengals and Steelers, these teams do not have a win combined. I guess they could tie, and the Cardinals could have their second tie at 0-3-1, but someone's got to win this game. Cardinals or Bengals? Who do you like here? Who's who's the least worst of these two teams that will probably be picking very high in April? Right, and how about this? I host a... Steeler preview show every Thursday, and it's on WDBE here local. It's just an hour, and one segment every time we have Merrill Hodge on. So usually we're previewing the upcoming Steeler game, but Merrill just went out of his way and said, you know, guys, since I've been watching tape, you know, at ESPN, and it's been a long time now since he's been retired, he said, I don't think I've ever seen a worse offensive line performance than the Bengals. Like, wow. they're pl- not only were they communication bad and the sum of the parts was terrible, but the players were horrible. The technique was bad. Their eyes were low. They are bent at the waist. And the Steelers just destroyed them. I mean, but I just want people to realize how bad that offensive line in Cincinnati is. You know, we opened the show with the Rams. Their offense isn't quite the same. They're trying to install a Rams-like offense in Cincinnati. Both of them are having line troubles, but the line troubles in Cincinnati are vast and massive. And I'm going to take the Cardinals here. I mean, a lot for that reason. I think the Chandler Joneses of the world can also beat up on a terrible line. Um, And I maybe I'm crazy, but I, I still have hope for... Kyler Murray and David Johnson and the Bengals D was pretty bad last week too. Yeah, this is an interesting one with those first time head coaches there. And it's funny. The odds makers are like, I don't know. It's a tie since yeah. at home. So they're favored by three is the Bengals roster that much worse than all the years we've seen from the Bengals. Cause they seem to take a no. massive step back under a new coaching staff. And some people are thinking, well, maybe the old coaching staff wasn't that bad then because it's, it's getting worse right. now. They don't have A.J. Green, obviously, but he's been banged up a lot, too. Uh, it's it's not that different of a roster than it has been. So that's an interesting question to me. I studied them so much last week. I think they've lo- they're, they're, wor- they're a work in progress learning a new system on offense and defense. The offensive line ruins everything. Oh, all A.J. Green, and A.J. Green being out is no elixir to, you know, to help, obviously. And then if you don't recall, the Bengals' defense last year 
was bottom two or three. So it's not like they're loaded on that side of the ball either. So it, it's a real uphill climb. We're, we're spending way too much time on the worst game of the, year, of the week. <laughs> oh, we are. But, it's fascinating. Uh, but, okay. I mean, the Cardinals need four receivers. Right now they have one, <laughs> and, and he's 38 years old. Mm-hmm. And I have a Pitt T-shirt on from 2003 when Larry was – we were together. I mean, that's 2003. I mean, he's an old man. They have Christian Kirk injured. I mean, besides David Johnson and Larry, they are hurting too. Let's move on to Bills Titans. This should be a good one. And uh, this is Bills on the road at three and one. They're in Tennessee, the two and two Titans. A good one if you love this type of football game. Doesn't sound like we'll see Josh Allen, right? I mean, which I don't know is necessarily a bad thing in in a slug fest like this. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the over under t- total is very low. I'll still take the under, whatever it is. <laughs> I just think this is like 13 10, field goals galore. Grind it out, slow play. I'll take the home team, but I think three's a pretty good number in a tight game like that. Yeah, thirty-eight and a half is the over/under in this one. So I'll still go under. Yeah, got no problem going under on that one. I didn't think there was a huge dip after Josh Allen left the game for the Bills, but I could be wrong with the full game. Uh, we'll see, and we'll see what uh, the Titans are able to do. And maybe it's a little bit more difficult for them to put a game plan together for Barkley than it was for Josh Allen. So who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's a little even a benefit in in some ways for the Bills, although he can't make the throws that Josh Allen can either, obviously. No, there'll be less big plays for the Bills with Barkley, but there'll be less unscripted plays or negative plays, I would think, too. All the more reason it'll be a low-scoring game, so I'm with you. Take mm-hmm. the under on that one. Bears at Raiders, the 3-1 and one Chicago Bears on the road in Oakland to face the 2-2 two and two this Raiders. one's in England. This one's across the pond. Oh, no, yes. This is, uh, I forgot. Yeah, this yeah. is a London game. I think the Bears crush them. And, again, and it's really the same conversation we just had about the Bills quarterback situation. A game like this, I don't think you need big plays from Trubisky Allen. You know, I think you just win with defense. This could be that get-right game for, or, you know, breakout game for David Montgomery. We talked about that earlier in the week. Um, I think the Bears win big. I mean, that's a long road trip for L.A. too. go to London. The the Raiders, it's funny, they have sort of a nomadic existence right now as they get ready to move to Las Vegas, and uh, everyone talks about how they've got all these games outside of Oakland for like a month. They're not back in Oakland for until November. So um, London here, it might be the part of the season where the Raiders fall apart a little bit. I don't think the Bears lost anything. We kind of talked about it with the Bills. I think maybe even an, an addition by subtraction with how bad Trubisky was playing. Chase Daniel can run that thing. And I like the Bears big in this one as well. They're favored by five and a half. I might even give away those points. Yeah, I would too. Although and it might not be the hugest I, high scoring game, so it might be harder to to blow a team out in that case. Yeah, but they may get a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. I, I'll, I'll, I don't have a problem laying the points. I don't have it in front of me, but I urge people to do a Google search for NFL air miles or something along those lines. Basically, how many miles does a team travel throughout the course of the year? You know, it's a, 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 a from L.A. to Miami's further than L.A. to Denver. You know what I'm saying? The Raiders are thousands and thousands of miles more than any other team. <laughs> like, they're all over the place. Yeah, the West Coast teams always have more air miles, and then you right. add London into it for the Raiders, and they're just way above everybody like crazy. For the whole year, yeah. And that's not good for a team. No, it's rough. Buccaneers at Saints. This is... Uh, going to be a good one. I like this matchup. Buccaneers getting no respect around the league, and they come in with the number one run defense in the NFL. They're on the road, tough place to play, obviously, in New Orleans, 
and the Teddy Bridgewater Saints have won two in a row. They're three and one now. Um, Saints, Saints only favored by three. I think a couple weeks ago, you'd have thought the Saints would be favored by quite a bit here. I like what the Buccaneers are doing, though, right now, and uh, I definitely am not going to count them out. They went on the road and beat the Rams in Los Angeles last week and put up 55 points on them. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that run defense because it's far and away the best run defense in the league. And I, I don't have the four teams they played in front of me, but they're all great run offenses, including Christian McCaffrey. I mean, like these are – it's big-time work by that Bucks D. And that's super important because Bridgewater ain't Breeze, and they're not going to air it out and throw it all over the Superdome. They're going to have to play it kind of close to the vest. And I see Kamara being useful as a receiver, but I think running the ball could be tough. You're going to see Lattimore versus Evans. I kind of look at that as a draw, but I think Godwin will have another big day. Um, I'll take the points, but I think the Saints win a close one. But I, I could really go either way with who wins it. So if you're going to give me three, I'll definitely take the Bucks. I'm kind of with you on this, and I like the Saints, and I picked the Saints to beat a better team in the Cowboys last week, but mm-hmm. I think the matchups don't favor the Saints in this one, and we, you see them win 12-10. to 10. Uh, It's going to be much harder here for them to get the ground game going against the Buccaneers, and if that's the case, uh, Teddy Bridgewater's got to get the ball down the field, and he just hasn't yet. And so if he's not able to do that, then this is going to be a Bucks win. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. Vikings at Giants. The 2-2 two and two Vikings are having some troubles. There's now some infighting, or at least one player in Stephon Diggs seems to not be happy and, and wants out. The Vikings don't want to trade him. And now the New York Giants suddenly 2-2. Two and two. We talked about how things would have been a few weeks ago. This would have been a blowout Vikings prediction for me. Uh, now they're both in 2-2 two and two on the road in New York. Danny Dimes, is he is being called. And uh, uh. by the way, there's a Breaking Tea t-shirts design, breakingtea.com slash locked on. We talked about the Minshew shirts yesterday. They got some brand new uh, Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes t-shirts. If you're interested in that kind of thing, go to uh, breakingtea.com slash locked on. I know some people really love that nickname and some people really hate it. It sounds like you're not a big fan of that nickname. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I haven't heard one I liked and I forget what suggestion I had. It was not good. Um, it's forced. But it's forced. It is. I mean. Daniel Jones is kind of a boring name, but I also think he came back to earth a little bit yesterday uh, or last week, and I don't believe Barkley's going to play. I mean, it's amazing that it's even being kicked around. I think the Vikings D controls this game, and they're able to keep feeding Cook and feeding Cook, and it could be a dig, steal, and get right game too. Those Giants corners have really struggled. Yeah, this might be the game that both the Vikings are able to get right and the New York Giants and Daniel Jones is like, okay, he's still a rookie quarterback, and our team's not that good. And now we realize it when we play against a defense like the Vikings. And it wouldn't shock me if Diggs has seven for 115, and we don't hear about him complaining anymore. Yeah, I like that. And by the way, talking about Daniel Jones having sort of a standard boring name, I remember Alex Smith when he was uh, coming out in the draft, and he wasn't even the only Alex Smith in the draft. There was the Alex Smith tight end. Is like, there's no way this is a franchise quarterback with the name Alex Smith. <laughs> Right, right. Jets at Eagles. The 0-3 Jets. It looks like Darnold is not going to play. They're going to wait for that spleen to get a little bit smaller after his bout with Mono. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles not playing really that well right now, but this is probably, talk about get-well games, this is the one for Philly, right? Yeah, I don't want to spend much time on this one or the uh, Patriots-Redskins game. I I just think that they're total blowouts. The Jets without Darnold aren't competitive yet. I do think they have better days ahead. The, the Eagles could use this one in the meantime. 
And when it comes to Patriots, Redskins, Patriots favored by 15 and a half there. That's not a surprise. I want to talk about the Redskins just for one second and the sort of coaching staff versus front office Dwayne Haskins stuff. And we just keep hearing whispers and whispers out of Washington that the coaching staff didn't like Haskins and that they're, you know, maybe not derailing him, but they don't believe in him. So they're not putting the effort to develop him. And that probably spells the end for probably Jay Gruden. And this whole situation just seems like that Washington team's in a really, really bad place. Yeah, it's not a good look whenever you're like walking out to practice and one of those reporters asks, you know, what's going on at quarterback? And he's like, well, we don't really have a plan at quarterback. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Haskins can't play out there. You know, Brandon Schreff is hurt. Trent Williams is hurt. The defense is a good defense, but it's just going to live on the field. They don't have much in the way of weapons. I got to be honest. I mean, the, the Patriots are, the Patriots are working through some, some things on offense and they're trying to figure that out. But I will gladly give you 18, 20 in this one because I think Belichick's going to work things out at the expense of the Redskins. More Week 5 NFL picks coming up. Ravens at the Steelers. And there are some division implications in this one. We talked about it a couple times, how if the Steelers beat the Ravens at home and the 49ers beat the Browns at home, we've got three, two, and three teams there in the AFC North. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun division there, maybe not in the way that you thought it would have been coming in, and I still like the Ravens, but Pittsburgh looked to, uh, they look like you would have wanted them to look and beat up a bad team in the Bengals last week. Yeah, and I'm heading to my Friday Steelers show, and I'm going to have to make my prediction to end the show, and I still don't know which way to go on this one. In Pittsburgh, I think helps a lot. This is the first time they've seen Lamar Jackson, though. I'm a huge believer in the Baltimore offense. I'm also a believer in the Steeler D, and it's very, very fast on both. You know, when, when Baltimore has the ball, there's going to be a lot of speed on the field. I think that's going to be interesting. But the other side's really the interesting part is it used to be Ben and Lev and A.B. versus, you know, Ed Reed and Suggs and Lewis and Heinz yeah. Ward. And, you know, Little, and yeah. now it's a disaster when the Steelers have the ball. And the Ravens' defense is putrid. I mean, it's really bad, and I didn't see that coming. So I don't know what to make of things. Uh, I I mean, I I guess I'll take the Steelers at home in a close one, but I'm looking through black and gold colored glasses on that one. I really think it's a close game. Baltimore favored by three and a half, so I think if you do think the Steelers can keep this one tight, then that's a good bet on that side at home. And like you mentioned, those seven or eight first rounds or whatever it is the Steelers have on defense and all that speed – against the Ravens offense and Lamar Jackson. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch. And maybe this is a week where James Conner can go big. We saw what Nick Chubb did last week against the Ravens D. Yeah, and it's going to be more Jalen Samuels too, though. I mean, I think they're starting to realize the two backs on the field gives them a better chance to win, makes Rudolph's life a little bit easier. The biggest, I should have said this before, though, the biggest reason, not just because I'm a Steelers homer, is I think both lines favor the Steelers. So even though their offense is really trying to find itself, they do have a very good offensive line. Every team in the AFC South comes into week five at two and two, and we've got a matchup here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're at home, or they're on the road, actually, in Carolina facing the Panthers. And then we have a couple of other teams, the Falcons and Texans. And so uh, someone's going to come out on top of the AFC South after this week. Jaguars at Panthers, both of those teams two and two. How do you feel about that one? 
I think this will be a good game. Um, you mentioned the Bucks run defense. I think in the same light, we have to talk about the Panthers' pass defense. And James Bradbury might be the best corner in the league right now. And I think that I would imagine he's on DJ Baby Chark, and I think that goes a long way. I think that the Panthers' pass rush might make you know be a learning experience for Minshew and put him on the ground a few times. But can Fournette carry things? You know, uh, you know, we got didn't exactly think we'd see Minshew versus Allen when when, when this game was <laughs> right. slated. You know, so there it's hard to kind of wrap yourself around both these teams. So I'm going to take the home team and can Fournette keep up with McCaffrey? Basically, is what it is to me. So I will lean towards McCaffrey. Yeah, the odds makers don't really know what to do with this one. Carolina at home, favored by three and a half. And uh, I'd probably stay away from this game because I don't know what to expect out of these teams yet. And you mentioned the quarterback situations, and uh, I don't know. So, yeah, if I was just picking it straight up and, and no spread involved, just, you know, Packers are, or Panthers are home, so I would pick the Panthers. But uh, I, it's going to be fun to watch. And those two teams are, are more interesting, actually, now with their unexpected quarterbacks, I think, than they were before even, just because I don't know what to expect when I tune into that game. Yeah, and it's not like the Jet situation where the backups came in and it's just a disaster. I mean, it's these dudes are pretty interesting young backup quarterbacks that might have a future. Yeah, siding with McCaffrey on that one. Which, whichever team has McCaffrey, that's the team I'm right. <laughs> that was my that was my logic. Uh, he's, Fal- he's a pretty good player. Oh yeah, Falcons at Texans, another one of those AFC South teams at two and two. They're hosting the one and three Falcons, and the Falcons are just one of the most disappointing teams in the league right now. Yeah, I have no faith in them at all. I think they get blown out here. I don't trust them on the road. I don't think they get J.J. Watt blocked. I don't. Th- I think this is a huge breakout game for Hopkins, Fuller. Little fantasy note there. If you can get either one of those guys cheap, I think this is the time to do it. I think Deshaun Watson has a nice day. I'm not saying Julio and Ryan and those guys can't do damage. I'm sure that they will. But I just think Houston's a much better team at home right now. Uh, whatever the line is, you can have the points. Yeah, feeling good this week because I chased Deshaun Watson in most of my fantasy leagues this year. So I'd mm. like him to go big there on that one. And, of He's course, ready. as the way the NFL goes, this is the week that the Falcons start to look much better like the old Falcons and probably come in and do something to shake it all up because that's the way the NFL goes, And uh, which is why this league is so fun. But finally, we're into the afternoon games. Only two afternoon games this week, because we had the, the West Coast Thursday night and the West Coast Monday night games. So we've got Broncos at Chargers, which is the 4.05 Eastern, 1.05 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. Broncos, we've talked about how we just doing everything wrong over there. Like the Broncos team, they yeah. cannot hang their hat on anything right now. Chargers not playing great, but at 2-2 two and two, can position themselves a little bit better in the AFC West if they, uh, they hold home court here, which is not a great home field advantage. Yeah, so I was about to say that. It's not like one of these teams has a great home field advantage. The other one has a terrible home field advantage. There are Ingram's not playing. Chubb's out for the year. Gordon returns. And I mentioned, you know, Samuels and Connor on the field together. I think we'll see a fair amount of Gordon and Eckler on the field together. Um, I think Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who's a little banged up, will be plenty, though. I mean, the, the Broncos' D has not been impressive at all. Their offense hasn't been as bad as you think, but it isn't dynamic at all either. I think the Chargers win this game, but I still think they're finding themselves too. I, I, I have faith in Rivers. I have faith in you know when they get all their guys back, but I hope the second half of the season is better than the first half for LA. 
it's rough for the Broncos who were supposed yeah, to be able bad. to say, like, you know, we're going to get after you. We're going to get after your quarterback with this edge rush. And then not only have they disappointed, but now Chubb's out for the year. So the identity's kind of gone there with that Broncos defense. Whispers that maybe they could trade some guys like Chris Harris and uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Who knows? We'll see where that direction goes with the Broncos. But, yeah, new coaching staff, not going well for the Broncos. you got to pick the Chargers in this one. Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, this is a game like if you had – Chubb and Miller against that awful Chargers line, I could picture them combining for five sacks and maybe a strip sack. You know, something good happens that way. But now they're just going to roll all their protection to Von Miller, and it, it just doesn't set up well for Denver. Here's the game that we will probably hit record right as it ends. It's the latest start of the yeah. afternoon games. The Packers at Cowboys, both teams three and one. This should be a really fun one. A key here to watch because I'm sure a lot of eyes will be on this game because, I mean, it starts later than the last one. It's a better game than the, than the last one, is when the Cowboys come out in their base personnel, um, not three receivers on the field, take a look at what the Packers do because the Packers love to play with extra defensive backs on the field, and their nickel could not stop the run, and – it will not against Zeke Elliott and company either. So they're going to have to kind of play with their base more. That's an important facet to me. You mentioned uh, Jari Alexander earlier in the week too. I think he's going to play a lot with Amari Cooper. I like that matchup. Tyson Smith isn't going to play in this game. I think that's problematic. So I think that the Packer D will hold their own to say the least, assuming they can stop the run and don't try to stop it with lighter bodies. Um, the other side though, I don't feel good about Green Bay at all. I mean, I'm assuming Adams doesn't play. And the rest of that weaponry are fine as complementary pieces, but I don't I think it's gonna be a tough tough moving in the ball, low scoring game. I like Dallas like seventeen thirteen. I'm glad you mentioned that matchup with Cooper and Alexander, and we saw last week Marshawn Lattimore do a number on Amari Cooper, and that was mm-hmm. that made things very difficult on that Cowboys offense. So we might see more of the same in this one. Uh, but in Dallas, Pack or Dallas favored by three and a half. I I kind of like the Packers in this one, and give me those points, even though it's difficult to win on the road in this league. So uh, I'll take Packers, but this definitely could go either way, and it's going to be a game that I'm definitely tuning into. Yeah, it should be a fun one, and you know, this may go a long way to what you presented to me to open the show of, you know, the, the NFC pecking order, the power ranks and that's that conference. You know, they may be a statement here by one. Yes. Or two. Yeah. Great point. Primetime Sunday night Colts at chiefs chiefs at home four and O they are rolling right now. The Colts doing a good job under Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Brissett and Patrick Mahomes both coming in. If I'm not mistaken with 10 touchdown passes on the year, which is second now to only, uh, Russell Wilson, I believe. I could be wrong. Mm, Double check right. those stats. But uh, yeah, Colts at Chiefs. What do you think? I, I love the Colts. I mean, I think they're a really well coached team. I think Brissett's playing well as I expected, but they're going to get their doors blown off. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I really think that's what's happening here. Is the the Colts might do everything possible to eliminate the big play, but with all eyes on the city of Kansas City and Mahomes and Andy Reid Sunday night, that environment. Awful place to play to begin with. I think Mahomes throws for 500. Yeah, just double-checked here. So Wilson leads the league right now with 12, but he's got that extra fifth game played. Brissett, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson all have 10 
touchdown passes on the year. Mahomes, zero interceptions to go with those 10 touchdowns. Russell Wilson, zero interceptions to go with his 12 touchdown passes. And yeah, I think Vegas agrees with you. Chiefs favored by 11 at home. It's hard to uh, blame them for putting the line this high, even though I like what the Colts are doing right now and they're holding their head above water. But you got to go Kansas City, who, I mean, I just looking at Kansas City's schedule, who, who are they going to lose to right now? Right. I mean, honestly, it could be the Patriots. It could be any team in the league. I would think I, I like Kansas City big in this game. You know, just Sunday night, all eyes on them. Yeah, at home. Uh, it's such I, a, a good home right. field advantage in Kansas City. Exactly. Yeah. You're walking into a buzzsaw. Monday night football, the 2-2 two and two Browns at the San Francisco 49ers, who are the only unbeaten left in the NFC. 49ers favored by three and a half. I like the Niners big here, too. Um, I mentioned that the Ravens' D is bad. I'm not sure that the Browns' offense is right, you know, just because of that one game. And Niners at home Monday night, long week, in addition to a bye week to prepare for this game. The key to me here, though, is I think that Niners' front is going to be all over Baker Mayfield. And the Ravens didn't have the pass rushers to do it. The Niners do. They'll be fresh. Guys like Bosa that had little injuries will be a little bit better off. And uh, then I think they run all over the Browns. I don't think this is a very competitive game. I'm with you. I would have picked the 49ers big. There's two glaring matchups that worry me for the 49ers, and that's that Joe Staley's out. So they've got rookie sixth rounder Justin School, who played okay against the Steelers. So he did get his feet wet against Bud Dupree, but Miles Garrett's a very different animal than Bud Dupree. And that's a matchup that worries me for the 49ers. And then on the other side, they lost Akella Witherspoon. They've got undrafted free agent yeah. Emmanuel Mosley starting over there, and he's going to be facing Odell Beckham a lot, I'm sure, uh, facing Jarvis Landry, who just cleared concussion protocol, so he's going to play. So those two things worry me and give me a little bit of pause for predicting a blowout, but I think you nailed it. The 49ers' defensive line dominating the Browns' offensive line is where that game's going to get won for the 49ers. All right, we're out of time, Matt. Good stuff. Be back. Monday, breaking down all of those Sunday afternoon games right here, Locked On NFL.